1: That. That. This is where we do that. 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 Huh? Boogie like this, and I'm a who I'm a who that? Sports coma. This is where we do that. we Do that. The ring, I was yelling out your shape for the championship. Cause <laughs> fucking on town, duck down, duck down, Falcons, pluck it shut down. Shut down. Panthers ain't much to touchdown. touchdown. The vision really belonged to us now. Us so down. much hate on the saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishing, and you probably smell the crooked referees are Roger Cadell. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a hoota. Hoot Every day I'm living, I'm a hoota. I'm a hoot Lose or winning, I'm a hoota. This is the sports coma. This is where we do that. Where we do that. Where we do that. Where uh, we do that. Where we do that. Where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a hoota. This is the sports coma. This is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma
2: yeah. with big Q and the guys <laughs> on the right. P.R.O. Media Network. All right, now shout out to the mighty Hoota Nation, man. Much love to the great Saint Thank Tank. Appreciate you guys for being in this episode of the show. Give yourself a round of applause, man! Shout out to the Admission, man. Big ups to the great Saint Thank Tank, and like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome! You're not rocking with the Sports Coma with BQ and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating. And enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. Shout out to the fam. Appreciate each and every last one of you. Uh, it is hump day, man, and I hope everybody's doing well this week. You had a fantastic, productive week. Hope everything's flowing for you guys as well as it is flowing for me in this week as well. And I hope you guys are getting everything that you want in this grand life. And this episode of the comb is called Do the Saints Need More Help at Defensive End? And we're going to cover that today on the stream. Shout out to the entire family base up in this thing appreciate everybody King Morrison Trey Joseph Devon Jason Pammy Whammy OG to the third degree Eric Howard shout out to y'all Jason shout out to you as well good to see the fam everybody's in this tied with the facts shout out to you fam Trey Joseph shout out to you brother Daniel's in this thing brother tragic is in this thing good to see you fam as well Roberts in this thing big ups to everybody man appreciate you what's up Tedra OG Jerry Poe is in this thing, the dedicated one. All right, good to see y'all in here as well. Much love, Brother Tory. I see you, fam. Much love to you. Brother Slim is in this thing. Much love to all the queens and the kings of the coma. You know, we got nothing but love for you, fam. So in this one, fam, we're going to talk about something. I'm going try not to hold y'all guys too long, you know, because Pammy Whammy might kind of remind me. AQ, hey didn't you say that you were not going Y'all know, man, you know, you know what I'm saying? He ain't lying. So we're going to keep it rolling. But, uh, this is a shout out to Bob, man, in the saints news network, 504 co I see you fam. T Roy what's popping fam. Good to see you. What's up. My brother hoodies in this thing. Good to see you fam. Appreciate you as well. So this one here, man, is we're going to, it's based on uh brother. Bob's Rose's article. He did covering uh, a national publications thought process on the saints defensive end position. And of course, The Saints did do a lot to the defensive line, right? You know, a lot of it, they'll have three new starters on the defensive line come, you know, when things start counting. And it is a very important and pivotal position, to be honest with you. The Saints had 40-something sacks last year. That was positive. The secondary did its thing, but really what really hurt the Saints last year was the interior defensive line unit. Uh, Guys like David Onyemada, Shai Tuttle. Uh, those guys are no longer here, and there's a new cast of characters there. But the question is, the Saints did bring in guys from the draft, like Brian Breesy, the first-round draft pick. They even added Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, one of our favorites, brought him in here to help with the pass rush situation. And Breesy as a interior guy as well to provide uh, push up the inside of the interior defensive line. Kalen Saunders, Big Saunders, as Cameron uh, Jordan calls him, uh, is another interesting nose tackle we brought. The vicious Nate Shepard is also here, and the Saints did re-up with Malcolm Roach. So, And then they added some undrafted guys like Jaron Cage, who we did some film work on, and Jaron Cage is actually a pretty decent-looking defensive tackle. Could he pose a threat for a Malcolm Roach? I mean, listen, Cage, man, we gotta start, you got to start. Let me tell you, man. Let me tell you something. Cage is a guy you got to watch out for. got to watch out for him, man. We'll see, though. Brian, shout out to you, man. Good to see you. <laughs> that's right, Pammy. That's right. I know. I know. Yeah, you're going to remind me. You're going to remind me. I'm starting the clock That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. There it is. I'm on the clock now. All right. So let's jump right on into this thing because I want to cover this with the family members. Please do me a service, fam. If y'all just popping in, hit the like button, please feel free to share the show on your social media. Uh, feed as well as it helps us out. And this is some of the things we're going to cover in this one. It's called Saints top remaining need, according to the national publication, defensive line Now, linebackers. That's a whole nother other show that we'll cover at some point. I said, let's get into this one. After a seven and 10 season, two straight years of missing the playoffs, the Saints have a very aggressive offseason. Biggest move was signing Carr, Carter quarterback expected to elevate the struggle on offense back to a top 10 unit. New Orleans brought in running back Jamal Williams, tight end Foster Monroe defensive tackles, Nate Shepard and Kaelin Saunders to either start or play significant roles. Other veterans like Lonnie Johnson, junior Jonathan Abram, Brian Edwards, James Washington, Kiki Colty, Lynn Bowden, junior Jesse James, Billy Price were signed to strengthen the depth. They'll supplement what looks like a strong draft class. And listen, the And we t- we look at some of the bigger names when we talk about guys like Jamal Williams and Derek Carr. Obviously, these are very important people to the success overall of the offensive unit and other units. But you have to really look at how, how outstanding the Saints have been in the acquisition of other guys to other position groups. They needed to fortify and improve the wide receiver room. They've done that. Put Malik Flowers in the street. I was kind of upset by that until I did the film work on Kiki Koti and Lynn Bowden Jr. These guys are phenomenal. If you hadn't got an opportunity, check out the Patreon, man. We got one. We broke some film down with them. These guys are just really good special teams guys, and they come with a lot of versatility. Remember Lynn Bowden Jr. played a little quarterback at Kentucky. He also was in back doing the running back duties, wide receiver. He's a pretty decent little wide receiver with speed, a good kick return, pump return man as well. So he's kind of a, a, a weapon of all around special teams offense as well. So him, if, let's, if he possibly is saying, if he can make the jump and get that return job, because that's up for your know, grabs right here. And Let's say you know a guy like Glenn Bowden Jr. gets it. What he does, and and like I've said, and I was saying this on the previous show, is the the only thing stops the Saints in terms of like if you look at the talent. We had talent last year, but it's a disconnect between. And I said this uh, last year at the end of the year when we had a good off season last year, and it brought it into the end season, off in, off on, whatever on to the on season and it didn't translate. And it was because of the head coach. He could not get the talent to where it needed to be on the next level. So how did he, how does he change that? You know, how does Dennis Allen changes that? And that's a, a maddening question, man, that, that, uh, that I'm doing, I'm doing my best to get that question answered straight to the, to the source itself. I really am trying to get that question answered is what does Dennis Allen do differently? Cause that's the, that's what the entire, who that nation wants to know. They want to believe in the guy, but you know, you <laughs> that's pretty much what they saying, man. That, that's what they saying. He ain't lying. So we got to get that together. We got, we, we're trying to figure out what, what did you do differently from last year to this year? What would you do differently? And I'm not talking about adding coaches. We got that part of the game. We smart enough to kind of assess that. The thing is, can we what what did he do as a person? That's what I'm trying to say here. What did Dennis Allen do as a person, as a head coach? How did you improve as a head coach from last year to this year to get the success that you didn't have last year when you had a loaded team? The Saints were a pretty good team last year before all the stuff happened. We ain't just talking about the injuries, because even when the QB injuries went away, a move could have been made to win you some more games, but it wasn't made. We didn't have to end up 7-10. and 10. I sat up there and watched all those games. We all watched it together. So at the end of the day, what did you do, Mr. Dennis Allen? that made you a better coach you specifically not adding this guy here or that guy your mentality your psyche your stuff your interior stuff as a coach that's what I would love to learn and I would love to sit there and listen to that answer man for real I promise I won't cuss at you I just you know I just want to hear what your thoughts are and I'll share them with the family hell you know whatever but outside of that the beautiful thing about the Saints doing the depth, the Lonnie Johnson Jr., Jonathan Abrams thing, veterans in the, def- in the secondary. Brian Edwards is a familiar guy with uh, with Carr. James Washington, very good veteran wide receiver, very fast, really good wide receiver, Has some injuries, speed guy, could really tear it up. Kiki Cote is a playmaker. Len Bowden Jr. is supremely versatile, can, can do a lot of stuff. And Jesse James, a superior blocker, red zone threat, Billy Price, very, very underestimated, untalked about signing of Billy Price. We did, we we had some film work with Billy Price on Patreon. The Billy Price signing was very underestimated of what he could do. Because if you think about it, the Saints really didn't have a backup center this year. And Price, listen, the guy could play. So the Saints have done a stellar job. How do you go from taking this team and in, in doing really good work in the offseason into the end season, where it translate as success in the win column. That's the thing. That's the thing we want to know. But anyway, back to the topic. Saints come into 2023 with a much improved team. However, there were still a few key roster questions that will need to be answered during the training camp. NFL.com's writer Kevin Patrick listed the network's top 10 roster holes throughout the league. New Orleans Saints were listed at number seven, but not at the position you might think. Here's what Patra had to say about the Saints' biggest need. Number seven was the Saints' top-end defensive line. Saints lost bulk in the middle with David on Yamada, going to the Falcons, shy-tuttle to the Panthers, leaving for divisional rivals, often injured first-round defensive end Marcus Davenport. He's going to the Vikings, also departed in free agent free agency as well. Kaelin Saunders was a solid signing, but but can he be more than a rotational player? He was in Kansas City, you know, and the thing is, he can be Kaelin Saunders for the Saints will be their starting uh, nose tackle six feet, six feet tall, 330 pounds. Mean as all outdoors. Never stops, has a never say die mentality. And he is a force. And I, I really do think that he will help out. And, and like the, the logic also says, is they can't do any worse than what they did last year, right? The Saints hope rookies Brian Breesey and Isaiah Foskey can help plug the holes. Of course, we've seen New Orleans rookies struggle out of the gate in the past. See Davenport and 21 first-round draft pick Peyton Turner. Well, the problem was, and it was a bad omen, when we drafted Davenport, I, you know, number one, we passed up on Lamar Jackson to get him. That's number one. Number 2 is he was hurt when the Saints drafted him cuz after they signed him he had hand surgery right after the and I remember covering that like how did this dude have surgery on his hand and they just signed him what what you know did he bust his hand hitting the wall the, the day after the draft yeah I got drafted and just push, push, push. <laughs> no but that was a bad omen but they were trying to get Davenport because Davenport remind them of of Daniel Hunter, that's what they wanted him to be. They wanted him to realize and become what Daniel Hunter was to the Minnesota Vikings when he was healthy. And what was the other gentleman that they that they were comparing him to at the time? The guy that played for the Detroit Lions. What's his name, fam? I forgot the bad name. Uh, oh man, I could think I could see it. Ezekiel. Uh, y'all put it in the chat. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Put it in the chat. They were comparing him to that former did he was a badass uh, defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions several years back. I know he's not in the league anymore, but that's who they were saying this guy could be. Well, Davenport turned out to be not anything, right? He just couldn't stay healthy. And last year when he played healthy, he, you know, he just he couldn't get to the, the quarterback. He had a half a sack last year. But hey Q, he had like a bunch of pressures. And I'm like, man, pressures don't mean anything, dude, unless you get in sacks with those pressures. He had a half. A, there you go. Thank you, James. Ziggy Ansah. There you go. See, y'all dudes is right on it, man. Thank y'all, man. I forgot the man name. I knew it started with a Z. But y'all remember that? We did shows, the, the draft breakdowns, when they were con, comparing Marcus Davenport to Ziggy Ansah. They were comparing him to, Z, to, to Ziggy. He wish he was as good as Ziggy Ansah. Vikings gonna realize because Danielle Hunter is having contract issues and they bring Marcus Davenport up there. Davenport don't work by itself. You need that other guy. Daniel Hunter and, and Davenport looks, they look intriguing. But if they screw around and piss off uh Daniel Hunter, they're gonna they're gonna regret it. Saints hope uh Brice and Fosky can plug the holes and of course Peyton Turner. Speaking of that, the 21 first-round draft pick, Peyton Turner, the Saints drafting him because he reminded uh, Peyton Turner reminded the Saints of Marcus Davenport, and that's where you messed up. We pinpointed this over the last several years. Stop drafting these guys, uh, prototypes of guys that don't work. You know, stop doing that. Stop drafting this guy because he, man, he looked like Marcus Davenport. He's six foot six. And then when you throw that energy out there, the guy basically becomes Marcus Davenport because he can't stay on the field he has all this athletic over you know side of him and potential but you can't get him to stay healthy so stop drafting bad prototypes Start drafting, and that's why I applaud them because when I was lambasting them and make fun of their asses, they ended up going after Isaiah Foskey and I was pushing Foskey at the Saints hard all damn year, you know, the draft year. the time, I was like, this Foskey kid reminds me of Cam Jordan. If we're going to draft on prospects, let's draft on the prospects or the prototypes that actually were worth the damn. So if we're going to look at defensive ends, let's start looking at defense because we have a prototype here. We have one that we can look at. We know what a real defensive end is. It's Cam Jordan. Let's look at the guys. So this is guesswork. Hey, scouts, let's look at the draft and see if we can find any defensive lineman that remind us of Cam Jordan. See how easy this is? <laughs> how easy this gets? How about that, you know? Start drafting for the prototype as opposed to trying to, you know, prototype that work as opposed to looking for players that look like players that ain't do a damn thing for you. Anyway, for a club club out to win the NFC South, the Saints are counting on an awful lot of soon-to-be 34-year-old Cam Jordan to generate a pass rush. And listen, Cam Jordan might be 34 years old, but Cam Jordan is not an old defensive lineman. And what I mean by that, he doesn't have an old defensive lineman energy. Cam is like, I don't know, Cam is just like somebody took uh, a power – cords and just stuck them in his back and he just wired up and he <laughs> his eyes are bucking his head turning if you watch like interviews with cam jordan right his eyes is his eyes are wide open his eyes are bucking and he looking all around you know if somebody asks him the question you know his, his head snaps to the person with the question he's talking fast he's slipping jokes in there and little jabs at him and stuff little you know stuff like that and little Little stories he throws in there, stuff like that. He's he's wired up, so he's a different breed. He's a different type of person. Even though he's 34 years of age, he is not, he, didn't, he don't look like a 34-year-old NFL defensive lineman. He damn sure don't play like one. You know, 115 and a half sacks, and the Saints are soon to be getting that deal done. Let me throw that at you, too. That extension for Cam to make him a Saint for life. Mickey already said, yeah, oh, oh I love you." Let me let me tell him. Let me tell him the good news here. You, you get a little animated here. Let me hold on. Let me slow you down. Uh, well, listen, I you know, we gonna make it happen. We're gonna uh, we gonna we going we going to do it. Yeah, uh, we gonna uh, we gonna uh, let me tell you, we are gonna get it done. All right, Mickey. That thank you, man. Appreciate that. We gonna get it done. I got you. All right, James. He says, "I know what you mean." you always thought they t- <laughs> they too they had really draft. He said they. Never really draft people we know that are dogs from physical presence to performance. They always grab prototypes. Foskey was a big step. It was because when you know what a quarterback looked like, we know what a quarterback looked like, don't we, fam? We know what they look like. We know what running backs look like, don't we, fam? We know what wide receivers look like, don't we? We even know what offensive linemen look like. And we know what a defensive lineman look like. We know what linebackers look like. You know, because from a historical Saint perspective, the Saints have always done well in drafting guys like wide receivers, defensive linemen, linebackers. They've always had a solid, you know, uh, I guess, ability to be able to get those position players. And then the Saints coaching, I mean, the, the scouting staff, one of the best in the game. So all you have to do is look for a prototype. You know what the guy, you know, can we find some Cam Jordans in this draft? Can we find some, you know, this guy or that guy? Anybody reminds you of somebody, you know, that that's how it goes. All right. So, all right. So Cam Jordan, the, the the generator pass rush, he did it last year. You know, he was the one, he was the top defensive lineman last year. He beat all the youngsters, DeMarcus Davenport, supposed to be Ziggy Onsa, supposed to be Daniil Hunter. He beat him last year. Davenport had a half a sack last year. There's no doubt the Saints need to upgrade their defensive line this all season, especially at the defensive tackle. New Orleans had 48 sacks in 2022, fourth most in the league, but ranked near the bottom of the NFL in hurries and pressures. But, but guess what? Davenport had the pressures. He have no sacks, but he, he had a half a sack. You know, how you have a half, you know, Half a sack. That's like, you know, eating half a sandwich. You know, you, you, you know I had, what you ate? I had a half a sandwich. Uh, or, yeah, what you ate? I have half the, no, it just doesn't excite. That's not, you know, you're not paying for you to play uh, as many games as you do and give up and get a half a sack. But man, Q, he coming with them pressures. But uh, it, 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 but the, you ain't really generating nothing. You ain't doing nothing. you still ranked at the bottom. In terms of pressures, a usually dominant run defense also plummeted to the bottom of the league. And yeah, this is true because David Onyemata would do better next to a guy like Big Saunders. He would do a lot. He would see a different a different player if you took David Onyemata and put him next to Kaelin Saunders. He would look totally different. Because he got wore down last year. I mean, they would just double block David on your a single block shy Tuttle, and shy Tuttle couldn't get off. Man, he had those. That's a big part of the game. You're both your two interior defensive tackles. They got to be about the business because they, like I said, man, you have those guys have to command a double team. At least one of them do. They got to command a double team, and they got to hold strong there. If they don't, those linemen coming loose. And they go and block out Demario Davis, and that's what happened last year when that extra offensive lineman leaked off because they wasn't commanding double teams, and the extra lineman leaked out, and he blasted up the center of the offensive line and started blocking Demario Davis out of there, and then the running back is running behind that loose offensive lineman. And that's how you get four or five-yard chunk gains up the center of the Saints' defense. The interior defensive tackles are huge for the Saints to have success to stop the run that they were allowing last year. This is this is a big part of it. And rotation is a big part of it, too. Much of the Saints' offseason focus was improving the defensive line. Saunders and Shepard, not mentioned by Patra, were signed within 24 hours after losing on Yamada and Tuttle. And see, Bob is good with the details because when the Saints knew who they were, it wasn't like, oh, man, we lost them. What are we going to do? They said that we wanted to keep them. And maybe they did at a point, but they knew that they weren't going to keep no shy Tuttle. And David on model, I thought that, yeah, well, we'll see. You get give him a playmate, get him somebody next to him. But Saints say, you know what? Let's just reset the interior defensive line. Let's just start over again. We couldn't do no worse, right? So why would we reward these guys for the pathetic season they had last year and then they bring these guys? And both of these guys are not well known commodities outside of their family bases, right? For the Jets, they liked Shepard a lot. And Kansas City, them guys really love Kalen Saunders. The Kansas City Chiefs that was in the... When we signed them, I remember the comment section reading. me like, dude, you really got a good one here. You're going to love Kalen Saunders, man. The dude plays every whistle. And you got to listen to them Kansas City Chief family members that listen to the stream. We got a lot of people that listen from all over the family bases. But I heard a lot from Kalen Saunders. I heard some from Shepard. But I heard a lot from David Carr. I mean, from Derek Carr, sorry. And Derek Carr... Hit the, the, the Raider Nation was sending me comments in the section and saying, man, Q, you going to love this dude. This dude, does da-da-da-da-da. And to be fair with you, they never put a complete team around him, defense whatnot, and, you know, but the guy knows how to play football. That's coming straight from them. So I was like, thank you all for dropping game on me about that guy, which started me to get my film study together. But anyway, so 24 hours after losing on Yamada and Tuttle, Bree, uh, they signed Galen Saunders and Big Nate Shepard. And then Brian Breesey was highly disruptive interior defender at Clemson, one of the country's most respected defenses collectively. This is much more of a dynamic group of defensive tackles. Indeed. We're just talking about three guys here. You're talking about your first round draft pick. You talk, Who's healthy, by the way. You remember we played the interview and he said he was healthy. He's healthy. He's good to go. So ain't no injuries going on with him. And of course, big Kale, you know, Kaelin Shepard and Shepherd, uh, Nate Shepard and Kaelin and Saunders. Those are just three guys at the rotation. The Saints did bring back. Malcolm Roach as well. So and they didn't have undrafted guys that they added. So yes, Jordan will turn 34 in this off season. Interest is 13 NFL season. Despite a below average statistical output. Jordan remains one of the NFL's best defensive ends at this stage of his career. He needs help up front to be his most effective. And might I let me sprinkle game on this. Cause I said this about Michael Thomas, all the stuff Michael Thomas did prior uh, to his injuries, when he was catching all breaking the single season catch record and all the stuff he was doing prior to him starting getting it hurt, a lot of what was going on with him was he was doing that pretty much by himself. And what I mean by himself is he didn't have a compliment wide receiver. It was just him out there. Most of the times, the other guy that was complimenting him or flanking him was freaking Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith? Yeah, come on. He never had like a serious, like you, You Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. imagine if we had them together like, you know, for four years. Could you imagine what he looks like then? Because you can't focus on him. You got to pay attention to Chris Olave because he'll take your top off. You see what I'm saying? Because they, they it it makes everything better. You can't totally focus on just this one guy and not worry about this other guy killing you over there. You see? But Michael Thomas did a lot of that by himself. And the same thing goes for Cam Jordan. A lot of Cam's 13 years here. He never had a long term defensive combo guy out on the other side raising hell either he did and what he had junior Gallette for a little bit who did some positive work and trey hendrickson yeah he trey hendrickson over there and they they didn't respect trey hendrickson they still double down on cam jordan sometimes triple team Cam doubles he's constantly always double team sometimes even triple team and he still gets a buck 15 and a half so if you if you got a guy on the other side that is being disruptive that takes a lot of pressure off camp so i absolutely agree on that foskey was a second round pick with the first round grade he replaces davenport a talented perennial underachiever that's a good, nice way to say it the underrated duo of granderson and passing yo joined foskey to hopefully make up the 21 first round bus peyton turner so bob says he's a bus wow okay all right all right bob says he's a bus wow Four new pieces were added to the New Orleans Saints defensive line this offseason, including two rookies. Obviously, there will be some questions about the personnel changes until they pan out. But it's clear that this spot was the focus of the offseason, no doubt. One area of uh, on the New Orleans Saints roster perhaps overlooked by Patra, the writer from NFL.com, that could be an even bigger concern is that linebacker, Demario Davis remains one of the league's best defensive players, and Pete Werner is an emerging star. However, there is no proven depth after the offseason departure of Cade Nellis. DeMarco Jackson is a promising player, but the 2022 fifth round choice has yet to play an NFL game. Zach Bond has been a has been a poor schematic fit since being a third round pick in 2020. Anthony Orgy, Nick Anderson each have intriguing traits, but both are undrafted. The rest of the depth chart has been nothing more than special teams contributor with no defensive experience. Now, on paper, the Saints have plenty of talent along their entire front seven. New Orleans is expected to, again, have one of the league's best defenses. But to have an elite unit, those new additions need to mesh and develop quickly. There's still a surprising amount of talent still on the free agent market at the defensive tackle position, edge and linebacker. With the start of training camp at the end of July, don't be dis- don't be surprised if New Orleans brings in a few more veteran veterans at this position. So shout out to Bob for this really good article dropping some game. So we posed the question, you know, inspired by the article, you know, to the who that's do the saints need more help at the defensive end position. You know, that do they need any any more help there? You know, and that's something that, you know, we have to look at. So allow me family, allow me to do what I do here and kind of throw a few people at you. Now these, you know, according to track dot com, one of my favorite resources I like to use besides Over the Cap on all matters money in the NFL and NFL and and NBA, but uh, their twenty twenty three free agents list have three top defensive ends that still left in the market, right? Robert Quinn, who is a free agent, I looked it up. You know, he was traded. What from the Bears to the Eagles, and I think they voided the last couple of years of his contract and made him a free agent. So Robert Quinn is available. Robert Quinn is available. Followed by Yannick Ngakwe and Jadeveon Clowney. Of course, I can go a little further, but I just wanted to pick these two people. So this is the thing. Let's start with Robert Quinn. Right. We talked about this before. Remember, the Saints were in uh, discussions with the Dolphins to try to land Robert Quinn. Back in the G, the Saints was trying to get Robert Quinn, and the Dallas Cowboys swapped him, got him from us, and they, they traded them to the Cowboys. Saints were really interested in Quinn. Could we revisit him? He's over 33 years of age right now, right? He's a free agent. Would it be cool for us to be able to do that? could we could we be looking at Robert Quinn? Now any defensive end you you get, you know, a defensive end that's really good that's worth something. You're going to look at him for like a one-year deal. But the, the mindset is, I guess you could, if you're the Saints, you're sitting at, what, $14 million? Saints have, what, $14.5 million that's available. So a lot of these guys that's available, people don't want to play pay their costs. But when you get close to that training camp, you had all these other little, camp, you know, these little uh, tryouts and everything going. and You might see guys that might get banged up. and You have an, a kind of a brief view at your team to see, you know what, man, we could use a little bit more help. Is this the year where the Saints then reach out of Robert Quinn and go and reach and finally get Robert Quinn to come onto the team? And of course, this is a guy that has a, a hundred and two sacks during his time in the NFL. And he has always been a guy that has been a tremendous uh, force for him. He had 18 and a half sacks back in 21 for the Bears. He's several he's a couple of years removed from an 18 and a half sack year. And if you got a guy that got 18 and a half sacks and he has several years of double-digit sackage, then you would look at Robert Quinn and say, man, Robert Quinn could really help us out. The interesting issue is the psyche of the team is do the Saints see Carl Granderson, Peyton Turner, and Isaiah Foskey as the answers at the defensive end position? They had 40-something sacks last year. Do you need more of a... and, And then the thing is, do When you bring in a Robert Quinn or Jadavion Clowney or Yannick Ngakwe, how does that indeed impact the defensive line rotation outside of Cam Jordan? You see what I'm saying? Most certainly, Robert Quinn comes in. He will be the most experienced, the second most experienced defensive end on the Saints team if he's brought in, right? 12 years in the NFL. Cam's been in there for 13 years. Cam got 115 and a half, and Robert Quinn has 102 sacks during his time in the NFL. So that would be cool seeing Robert Quinn. I just wanted to throw throw him at you guys because this was a new one here.
0: Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepickscom slash play100 and use code PLAY100. That's code PLAY100 at prizepickscom slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: We talked about the other guys before. All right, so let's move on to the next one. And this is Yannick Ngakwe, right? We we know a lot about Yannick Ngakwe. We had an opportunity to look at Yannick. He's about, you know, almost 29 years of age and seven years in the NFL. But this guy has the sack gene. He has the sack gene. He has an unbelievable ability to get to the quarterback. And it's pretty cool. He has 65 sacks total in his NFL career. And he's a former third round pick out of Maryland. Uh, in 2022, we had nine and a half sacks. So he, that was a, he tied his second most in his career back in 2018 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had nine and a half. In 2022, he had nine and a half. The highest amount he had was 12 in 2017. Is Yannick Ngakwe the guy? But remember, when you talk about guys like Yannick Ngakwe, this is their estimated money when you talk about a guy like that. And of course, when you talk about bringing a guy like this, you know the Saints are going to work the they jelly on the money if they're interested in bringing a Yannick and Gakwe in, but you seen Frank Clark get pulled off the market. I think it's only a matter of time before Yannick and Gakwe gets pulled off the market too. He's still a very young edge rusher. Now the issue with Yannick is uh, he he is a good pass rusher, yes, but why he had moved between all those other teams? You got to remember twenty nine. How a guy who's twenty nine years of age. Been in the NFL, his, his, his smallest year in terms of getting sacks was eight sacks. How does a guy like that just bounce around the different teams? Like the first four years, he was with the Jags and he was turning it up. Then he went from now, he went from Baltimore to the Raiders, to the Colts, and then 2023 coming in. So what's going on with Yannick Ngakwe bouncing around like that? What's up? Well, according to a lot of what the scouts were saying, and I was able to look at film work on Yannick Ngakwe, is that the knock against him, and I've said this before, this is nothing new, is that he's not, you know, he's not as good as he's supposed to be against the run. You know, he'll rush the hell out the passer, but he becomes an issue in the running game. You see, so he would have to be a situational pass rusher for you if that was the case or simply somebody got to teach the guy how to set the edge. You got to teach him how to be a better run defensive end. You know, could a guy like, you know, our guy get, you know, be able to, our defensive line coach, Todd Grantham, could Todd Grantham get him to become more of a balanced defensive end that can also rush the passer, set the edge and play the run, you know? So that's a big part of Yannick and Gakway's game plan. But listen, he has the skill set, man. He can definitely help you, but it's the money is the big problem with him. And then we move on to Jadavion Clowney. Remember the saints flirted around with Jadavion Clowney uh, several years ago. Uh, They tried to do a a trade that the NFL wasn't known to doing and the NFL slammed the trade and it was just, just a mess. But Jadavion Clowney has not really been, you know, the man he's been banged up a lot, but you know, you talk about him. He's, over 30 years, almost 31 years of age. And he's getting up there eight years in the game. Last year, uh, 2022, he only had two sacks. In 21, he had nine sacks. You know, he missed all the 2020 uh, that year. And, you know, and you know what he did when he's with Houston, what he did with Seattle. So as we move forward, Jadavion Connor could definitely be a cheaper option for the Saints if they're looking for a veteran defensive end to come in and play. So out of all of these these guys that we talked about, whether it was Robert Quinn, who has a hundred, what is it, a hundred and two sacks in his time in the NFL. Been in the league for 12 years, Cam been in there for 13, Cam got 115, and Robert Quinn has 102. I think you can probably get Robert Quinn a little cheaper than you would get a Yannick Ngakwe. But once again, the philosophy deals toward the Saints is are they comfortable with who they have? Because like Bob mentioned in the, in the, in the article, he talked about Tanu passing yo. How, what is new passing yo fitness? Like, well, Q, we got our veteran defensive end. Well, who are you talking about? Outside of Cam and Carl Granderson, we got New passing yo. I'm like, uh, I like passing yo, but at this stage of his career, is he still considered a defensive end, like a guy that you would put on the edge at this end of his career? I mean, he's six seven, three hundred 300 pounds. He's getting old. You know, he's getting up there in age. And he had injuries last year. The year before that, he had injuries. He started off good a couple of years ago. And then what happened? You know, he kind of fell off the cliff right there. Injuries, he never made it back to the season. So my thing is, if you do consider Yo a part of the the defensive end rotation, he's on the ass end of it, no doubt about it. All these other guys are well ahead of him. And why would Passio be considered an edge guy why would he be considered a defensive end why would you well q because he does both things no he don't do defensive end all that you know that's no no that's not you won't no 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 we don't want to do that let's the best use of two passing yo's ability is to to use him more inside than outside he's six seven he's 300 pounds a big six foot seven guy on the interior defensive line could be used to bat passes down and he's not a bad guy that pushes the pocket either. He's a big strong guy when he's in there, he's tough to block and he can be used to bat the ball down on the inside. I don't know if I would be considering him that guy, you know, which would explain why the saints didn't go after another veteran defensive tackle. Cause perhaps they're looking at it and say, well, we're going to read, Use to new and just make him more of an inside guy. And if injuries start piling up, then we'll use him on outside. Now I'm cool with that, but to say he's an outside then inside guy, that's ridiculous, especially at this age of his career and with all these injuries he's getting. you would better serve the defense, in my perspective, as an interior guy with all that size and that strength. You would want him to be in the mix behind a Brian Broczy and a, and a and a Malcolm Roach and, a, and these undrafted guys that we bring on like Jack Jack Heffler and and Jaron Cage, who I like a lot. These guys have potential, but they don't have any experience. So that's what you need an in interior defensive tackle, I've said. But Robert Quinn, how do you guys, let's hear from the chat, man. Y'all tell me how y'all feel about Robert Quinn. Or who, who should the Saints sign? If they were really serious about getting one of these three guys, which guy would you prefer? And why? You know, if you like Robert Quinn, say I like Robert Quinn and say why. Why would you? Prefer a Robert Quinn over a Yannick Ngakwe, or Yannick Ngakwe over a Robert Quinn, or Jadavion Clowney over those two guys, or vice versa, versa versa, versa versa. Would 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 you think? So y'all put that in the chat. Let me know how y'all feel about that. What's up, Richard? Shout out to you, Gundam. Shout out to you, Inevitable. Good to see you. Yeah, it, Ray said he ain't never gonna set the edge. <laughs> That's why he been broke. That's why he bounced around a lot. And I was like, man, what's going on with this guy? Why does he bounce around so? Is he have off field issues? Is he an asshole? You know, I was looking at it, and it was like none of that. It's, it's it breaks down that he's uh, he's simply an edge guy. He's a he's a he's a pass rusher. He's a situational guy. He's a situational pass rusher. That's what he does. He fires off to go get the quarterback. But when it time when it comes down to like defending up against the run, he don't do so well. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. You got to clean that up, man. He, he costing himself money, though. That's the crazy part. It's like, dude, I know how to do this, man. This is what I do. You know, I, I'm a pass rusher. In NFL pass rushers make money. They get paid. The guy had nine and a half sacks, bro, with the Colts in 2022. Right. And with the Raiders, he had 10 sacks. Right. So the dude, the, like I said, he had three years in his career of eight, sack seasons the most he ever did was 12 and he had a two nine and a halves and a 10 dude that's 65 sacks in the seven years that he's been in the NFL that's why his number his market value is bam beam boom this because he's not 30 years of age he ain't even 29 yet and he got 65 sacks in the NFL so why is he without a team the reason why is because that's a part of it. They're looking at the fact the guy needs to work on Boy, he costing himself all kind of money, man. He need to be somewhere where somebody teaching him how to be a better uh, guy that defends a run. Dude, you should be on somebody's team with a nice contract with them kind of with them kind of digits dealing with the sacks. The dude, the dude, 65 sacks in seven years is pretty damn good. Trey says Quinn is consistent when he's on the field. Greg says, what up, Q? Shout out to your fam. How you doing, my friend? Appreciate you chiming in. James says, I still like Quinn. Always did. Always productive wherever he goes True, Stays healthy, proven veteran, multiple tools for his position, and hopefully will come cheap because of the age and availability of the defensive ends. That is another point. That's another point. Robert Quinn, the Saints were interested. They had a flirtation with Robert Quinn. Uh, before he got traded to the Cowboys, the Saints and the Cowboys was in, you know, in discussions with the Dolphins to try to land him, and the Cowboys gave them more to get him, and he went down there to the Cowboys and gave them eleven and a half sacks in that 2018 year, second best total. He gave him eleven and a half in that year, eleven and a half, and then twenty just two years ago, the dude had eighteen and a half sacks. That's crazy. That's crazy. So if we can get a guy like Robert Quinn in the in the cash is right. The money is right. Dude, that's like that's that's that makes all the sense in the world to me. Right. All right, James, I like how you're thinking. Tedra says Quinn would start. I believe it would stop the growth of Foskey. He says "You, you think it would stop the growth or it wouldn't. He says Yannick is better situational wise, which Foskey would eventually get most first downs and second. Okay, thank you, Tedra. I don't know if Yannick or Quinn would stall Foskey's development. He's just a rookie, you know, and, you know, the the thing about Isaiah Foskey is he's versatile, you know, so I don't think he stops his development. I think actually Robert Quinn would help him develop fast when you got uh, 115 sack Cam Jordan on one side and, uh, and, uh, and how many sacks does 101 sack Robert Quinn on the other side and they both 102 my bad 102 sacks I I don't want to show them on the other side giving them game you got 200 sack performers on the same team and you just like learning from these guys and he himself comes from a program where he topped their sack record at Notre Dame with 20 plus sacks over there taking Justin Tuck stuff down. So, I mean, I wouldn't think it was stallers in development. I think he'll still learn and just get an extra piece of game from two guys that can really do it. But if you really want to help Cam Jordan, listen, Carl Granderson is there. Uh, Robert Quinn comes cheap. I think it helps out. And remember, you can never have too many pass rushers, man. Injuries come and they happen. You know, you can never have too many of them. Jay Huntsbury says Carl Granderson had five and a half sacks. What was the percentage of snaps? I don't know, bro. I don't know on that one. Inevitable say, yo, Q. What player offense or defense would you like to have on the Saints? What player on offense or defense would I like to have on the Saints free agents wise? Defensive, you know, we talking about defensive ends and the Saints had 40 something defense uh, with sacks last year. Um, Getting another defensive end, depending on how much you're paying. We're looking at these because these are the top guys that's left. Yannick Ngakwe, Jadeveon Clowney, and Robert Quinn, to me, seem like he makes the most sense because Yannick Ngakwe, to me, seems like he's going to be pretty pricey. I think eventually he going to get signed by somebody before training camp hits and Robert Quinn definitely going to get signed by somebody too. It's all a matter of how much money we talking for him and he don't come cheap. That's the thing about Robert Quinn is that he going to cost you some money. And like, uh, what is this? Well, let me take a look at his salary numbers. That's another thing to take a look at is you see they, yeah, they definitely avoided the last couple of years of his contract because the last couple of years he had with the Eagles, was one, it was a 13.9 million and a 12.9 million. They weren't really the, willing to, to to go with that. So you can see his average salary on the last contract was 14 million. He's not going to get that at 33 years of age. So the thing is he might get a contract comparable to what, uh, what Frank Clark got. Give me a second. Let me look up Frank Clark's contract. Give me a second, fam. Let me, Cause that probably is what, what he might get. Hold on. Let me see what Frank Clark got. Cause I know he just got signed. Let me take a look at his contract. Hold on here. Alright, so let me see. Uh, do they have his contract available? Hold on. Okay, he signed with the with, with Sean Payton's uh Broncos. Well, I'm not seeing the contract here. Hold on here, fam. Whatever reason, I'm not hold on. <clears throat> yeah, but th- at the end of the day, let me see. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, we will sign a 1-year 5.4 million dollar contract with the Broncos including a 4.2 million dollar signing bonus. 5.4 million guaranteed and an average annual salary of 5.4 mil. In 2023, Clark will earn a base salary of 1.2 million and a signing bonus of 4.2 million, while carrying a cap hit of 2.2 million and a dead cap of 5.4. Million. So, a 1-year deal. At 5.4 plus million dollars, base salary at 1.2. So that's a very interesting deal right there. And, and we talk about Yannick and wanting double digit money. Look what Frank Clark settled for. Is that right around what Robbie Quinn would get? And Frank Clark, his kind he had uh he had sixty, sixty sacks in his career. He's eight year veteran, almost thirty-one years of age. He has sixty sacks. Uh, in his career, and he landed a contract with the Broncos at one year at $5.4 million. 60 sacks. That is less than, I think it's less than Jadavian Clowney too, huh? No, I think, he, yeah, he got more than Clowney. He's the only, got Yannick Ngakwe even have more than him. Yeah, 65. So Frank has 60 uh, sacks and uh, Yannick has 65 and Robert Quinn has 101. So could we be looking at a deal at 1.4? even let's say give them the half and say a one year, $6 million deal. Is that cool? Will we be cool with that? Hey, that might actually work. So in terms of what players on offense, uh, would I like to see on the saints, I don't know if I have any players on the offense that, you know, that that's out there right now that I could say to bring on the team. I think I'm pretty satisfied with what the saints have done defensively. I still would like to see another interior defensive tackle player, maybe a nose tackle, a veteran Nose tackle on the team. They got several of them that's out here, fam. We're going to do a show about the defensive tackle position. So we'll see. All right, Greg, Gregory says, uh, Q, I believe that Quinn would be a great locker room guy to help out Cam with the youngsters on the roster. His production is undeniable. Indeed, bro. You look at that, bro. You have 200 sack performers, NFL performers on the team together. That's instant respect, you know, in terms of, and if the Saints can pull off the deal, like Frank Clark went to, Denver, let me, let me put that on the screen for the family members. I got it on my third screen. Let me put it up here so you guys can see. This is Frank Clark's deal, right?
0: Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit slash Play100 and use code Play100. That's code Play100 at slash Play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: which was Sean Payton one year at five point four million dollars. If we can get uh Robert Quinn on a one year, six million dollar deal, I say go for it. I say go for it. Uh, another hundred sack performance, that would be that would be a lot. All right. So shout out to Fed, thank you for that, bro. Uh Jay Huntsbury saying Saints need to learn to develop these high round defensive is they're drafting or draft from production and not possibility. Absolutely agree with you, bro. All right, Daytrail. what's up, bro? Says, honestly, Q, I think we good with what we got. I like the rookie, plus Granderson is getting better every year. It's no, yeah, that. that yeah, you're absolutely right, my friend. I don't, I I, I think Granderson is a good guy. Do you, Let me ask the family this, and you can actually this, uh, Daytrell. Do you believe that Granderson is good enough to start for a full season? Answer that in the chat for me. All right. All right. Shout out. All right. James says facts. Q Fosky's growth would be crazy under cam and Quinn tutelage Fosky would, would all, all always have a fresh motor to help with pressure on the rotations. And Quinn is a type of defensive end we would need for the mobile quarterbacks. He definitely helps out that that would definitely solve a lot of problems, man. In terms of dealing with these, the, 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 the issue we had against the mobile QB threat, right? With Quinn and Fosky and, and even, uh, our faster defensive interior tackles. Those guys are big guys, but they can really move. People are going to really see that once they start putting on the equipment and you start seeing them battle the defense because fam, the, the the battle of this, the the camp, the camp come up training camp always offensive line, defensive line, right? We know about the skill position, but you see a Marshawn Lattimore, Gardner, Chris Olave, or something like that. Uh, but when we talk about line and line, you got the Saints veteran, uh, you know, Offensive line against the Saints' new defensive line, what's that? What's that going to look like? And that will that's going to be fun watching those type of battles go down. So I'm gonna really be enthused when an eye on that, watching our defense and offensive lines tune up, you know, and that steel, sharp and steel type thing. But yeah, it, it'll be crazy. All right, nobody to like clowny. Okay, I got you. <laughs> All right. All I right, yeah, indeed. All right, so anyway, fam, that's what that's what I got with in terms of that. But that'll be interesting, man. The money, how how would the money be? And, and that's the thing. Also, are the Saints looking at getting another defensive end that'll be a part of the rotation? And if it's a veteran of the top three guys that we have mentioned here that can actually push for a starting position, how does that impact the Saints in the long run? Or they even see it, or do they feel like we got enough to compete? Me personally, I'm not taking any chances. If I can get Robert Quinn at one six at, at uh, one year at six million dollars, or six and a half million dollars for a guy that has a hundred sacks and still could play the game, and I put him next to Cam, d- dude. That that's that's just more to Mary. I'm just search- I'm just kind of rotating guys in there that's fresh as hell. Isaiah Fosky moving them around, doing the thing. Carl Granderson. I say the more to Mary because you know we need that as- that extra oomph when we go against these other teams. And we can be able to just handle business cause we got these little speedy quarterbacks and we just keep coming with the pressure. That's what I like. So all right. so appreciate that. Let's move to the next story here, fam. And uh, we talked about just the Michael Thomas's a new contract details were revealed as Nick Underhill. Shout out to Nick Underhill. Uh, he gave us a breakdown man. showed with us the breakdown of Michael Thomas's agreement, you know, for 2023. And it shows all of the incentives that goes into that one year prove prove-it deal contract. So you see all this 100 or more. Uh, catches 250, 110 or more, 250, another 250, 120, 250. The max on that is 750 for him to reach all of those, 750,000. And then the receiving yards to get 1,000 yards or more, 250, 11, 50, 250, 13 or more, 250, a max 750 on that. If you get more than seven touchdowns, it's 250 grand. Pro Bowl or playoffs, he's selected an initial ballot and team makes the playoffs, another 250 grand. Receptions, yards, and Super Bowl win. If 110 or more receptions or uh, 1,150 yards and Saints win the Super Bowl, a half a million dollars. Individual honors, if he makes the AP All-American, not All-American, All-NFL first team, a half a million. Super Bowl MVP, half a million. NFL Offensive Player of the Year, one million. NFL MVP, a half a million. Max on that is two and a half million dollars. A lot of incentives. I don't know if Mike gets 100 catches this year, To be honest with you, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think he can, it's possible that he get 1,000 yards. I'm not, you know, he might, depending on uh, how healthy he stays. I think the touchdowns, seven or more, I think that's more realistic than anything else. I think he can get 1,000 yards, man. I think, you know, if he stays healthy, I think he can get 1,000. Seven touchdowns, I I know he can get that, man, because when he gets going and he starts catching that ball, I'm pretty sure he can get seven touchdowns. And it, it it all depends on if Mike can stay healthy, bro. That's what it comes down to. Could he eclipse some of these incentives? Uh, he could. It's all based on him getting healthy. And I think that's the the incentive for him to work hard. And he's been working hard, man. So, you know, hopefully it'll be able to p- pay off for Michael Thomas. But we can see him on the field because we really need Michael Thomas out there, man. You know, I would love to see him have a full year just for just for. The imagination purposes to see Michael Thomas next to Chris Olave for a full season because that's what Olave was brought in here for to give Michael Thomas the compliment that he never had. And he finally gets the guy that he advocated for and he doesn't stay healthy to stay, you know, to see us realize that which would be a shame. So hopefully, you know, and I and I I believe in Michael Thomas, I think Michael Thomas will play a lot of games for the Saints the upcoming season. And I think he's gonna do well now about reaching all that and in, in NFL offensive player of the year. He stays healthy and he uh dominates like it. Anything's possible, right? So uh I hope he gets it, man. Like, Cause if he's doing that, man, you know the Saints are doing some very big things uh in the in the Who that nation. All right, so anyway, let's do a quick recap here. I, I know uh Pammy is taking on a is is hitting on that watch right now she's hitting on it so Saints top remaining need according to national publication we covered that and talked about the facts you got dealing with the the Saints uh defensive end position are they uh, are they done do we need you know are, are there going to be some more people added to it a lot of family members said go ahead on and do it I derell right, says yes q Granderson is a dog he could start I would love okay so cool okay all right yeah Try Atlanta. <laughs> All right. What's up, WB3? What's popping? My brother He said the Saints are the paper champions again this year. Whoopie! All right. Yeah. Well, thanks to Willie as he's Willie is bringing in. The, you can see he's very excited about the upcoming season. And there he is. And he's bringing all of his enthusiasm. So, yeah. So we be looking forward to Willie on the Pelican postgame report draft stream tomorrow. So we'll be covering the draft. And So thank you, Willie, man. I hope you're <laughs> uh, doing all right out there. I appreciate that uh, almighty enthusiasm you got there, my brother. Thank you for doing that. But, yes, we all know and we, we, we get it, family. And, and, and that adage is true every year, just like uh, the old adages is that you went in the trenches. All that is fundamental information. It's fundamental veritas truth. You can't get around that. Uh, absolutely. The game is won on the field. And, and not on the paper, but when you we're just doing some analytical stuff right here. And like I said, the, you know, before you get a player to the team, you got to be able to look at the player film and you got to use your imagination to see if the guy could fit with what you're doing, Could what he's doing over there, do, you know, do for your club over here. So, I mean, it's a part of the game and that's why you have to use that imagination. You got to use your analytical ability. You got to look at film. You got to look at other things too, and you got to bring that over. But yes, it has to materialize from the off-field, off-field stuff, and everything they're doing in the off off the off-field, off-season stuff into the in-season stuff. And that's why I say to most of the family members that say, Yeah, Q, we do it every year. Is you're absolutely right. Every year. That was a question we had last year about the Saints. They had a solid off-season period and draft last year, and it didn't translate into seven wins. Of the season, which was a complete waste of all of our time collectively for us to watch as poor as they were. And it didn't even have to be that way. It was just straight up egotism that created with how it ended up at seven and ten. We didn't have to even finish like that. We didn't even have to do that. We had we we didn't even have to lose the games against Tampa Bay or both the games of Carolina. We had both of those teams beat Had both of them beat, you know. So, you know, that's a question, and they're absolutely right. They're right, man. All right, Brother James, last point says, uh, I'm with you on Mike Q. Uh, I will never give up on Mike if Pete plays his cards right. Uh, you know, the run game could be ferocious with Kamar, Jamal, and Kendra, and that turn would make the passing attack crazy. I agree. Yeah, yes, Slim, you're right, bro. It's put up a shut-up for Peyton Turner and many other people, man. So, anyway, with that being said, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out on that. I appreciate each. <laughs> all right. I'm hitting just over an hour. So we good. We we, we good fam. We good Pammy. Are you still out? Shout out to Pammy Whammy. I know she got the clock on me. I think I did all right. <laughs> you ain't lying. So listen, with that being said, I'm going to get ready to get on out on that. Listen, I appreciate each and every last one of the family members joining me for this episode of the show. Please feel free, if you hadn't already done it, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And by all means, feel free to sign up for our email list. I'm going to put the link in the, let me, matter of fact, I can do it right now. Hold on, fam. Give me just a second. I'm going to drop the link in our, uh, in the chat. This is for our email, for our Sports and the TSC email list for the show. And this is an email list that we have where you guys simply just go over there and you just, hold on, let me put that in there. All right. All right. <laughs> she's sleeping. <laughs> she called it. Oh, no, she is. She's right there. <laughs> is she there? All right. So this is our email list. Uh, okay, thank you. She said I did a great job. So there you go. All right. Now, there it is. All right. So anyway, there's the, the TSC email link. And what that is, fam, it, it's, it's all of it's free. It's very easy. You click the link, put your email in, and then hit the subscribe button. And what this is, this is our way of for people. And I think Pammy was one of them that was saying she wasn't getting her notifications. You're getting kind of frustrated. So for the family members that are not getting their notifications, I want y'all to sign up to this email list. And when we go live, you will get the show every time I promise you that. So this is kind of our way of problem solving here. So you sign up to the email list and then we can blast out the show links, stuff like that. When we go that and even I'll throw some caveats in there, too, for people that sign up for the emails and get free goodies like discounts at the pro shop, stuff like that. Special discounts that you can't get that we don't advertise for for our email people as well. So we do a little bit of everything there. So sign up for the email, fam, and uh and uh and check that out. So with that being said, fam, I'm a holler at you tomorrow to Thursday will not be a show tomorrow because we will be doing the. Uh, and uh, the NBA draft, the Pelican draft, there'll be the draft will be going on tomorrow. We'll be going on over there. We'll be conducting that. So we'll be on that on, on the Pelican post-game report. All well, starts at 630 from 630 to the end of the stream. We'll be covering all things Pelicans for the NBA draft tomorrow on Thursday, start at 630 Central Time. So with that being said, I'm gonna get out on that. I appreciate you guys for all that you do. Please feel free to sign up for our Patreon. And uh, you in the membership, it helps the platform as we continue to go into the season. Much love to the family. I'll let y'all on the flip side. Peace and who that.
1: Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm, I'm, a, a, who who that. That. I'm a who that. <laughs> Lose or win, and I'm, I'm a hoot at sports coma. Yeah. yeah, this is where we do, do that. that. Where we do that. that. Where we do that. that. Where we do, that. Yeah. Where we we do that. that. Where we do that. Where we do that. Huh? Yeah. Boogie like this and I'm a hoot at sports coma. This is where we, do that. That. where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help Touchdown. Touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. Touchdown. So much hate on the Saints, you can probably tell. Yeah. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. Yeah. When things seem fishy, and you probably smell. The crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Love yeah. like this and I'm a hoota. Hoot Every day I'm living, I'm a hoota. At. Hoot at. Lose or winning, I'm a hoota. At. Hoot at. It's the sports coma. this is where we do that. Where we do that, at. do where we do that, at. We do, that, we do that, where we do that, where we do that Boogie like this and I'm a hoodat It's the Sports Coma, this is where we do that, that. You're listening to the
2: Sports Coma
1: yeah. With Big Q and the guys <laughs> On the VRO Media Network go.
2: League.com. That's right, the Who That daily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything. You are the Saints, you always Pelican, LSU Tigers, and even the top flight boxing So if you're a Who That, and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, the Who That is your site. The Who That for the sport who that in all of us. Check out the Pro Shop. That's right, the Pro Shop. the loaf remember it helps the planet okay
0: round 2 name something that's not boring
2: a laundry
1: <sighs> ooh a book club <sighs> computer solitaire huh
0: ah <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino